Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Did you know that research has proven that supplementation with high doses of omega-3 fatty acids like EPA and DHA has been uh, very effective in treating conditions like uh, heart attacks, strokes, um, cardiovascular disease, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, high blood pressure, and so much more, including rheumatoid arthritis. Today on the Wild Wisdom Show, we're going to go over through over all of that and how to specifically use these supplements to treat these conditions and prevent these conditions from happening. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm your host. I'm a medical doctor with a different spin on women's health. And I love taking complicated information and breaking it down into easy to understand uh, strategies and that you can implement right away for immediate results. And today we're going to be talking about how to take omega-3 EPA and DHA supplements to treat various disease conditions. And the diseases that we're going to cover today uh, include cardiovascular disease, so heart attack and stroke, for example, high cholesterol, specifically high triglycerides, high blood pressure, hypertension, heart failure, dementia and Alzheimer's disease, loss of muscle with aging and with cancer, inflammatory and autoimmune diagnoses like rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, and osteoarthritis, skin disorder. So if you're joining me live, please put in your name and where you're joining from. I'd love to say hi. And if you have any questions, also please feel free to put them in the comments so I can answer them for you real time. So there are three sources of omega-3 fatty acids. And if you're uncertain as to what I mean by omega-3 fatty acids, please go back. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you want, you'll want to watch my more recent um, episodes. And you can go into the playlist of the omega-3s to take a look at that. Uh, and if you're listening to this on podcasts, it'll be my more recent podcast. And basically, uh, DHA and EPA are essential fatty acids which means you have to get them from your diet and the body uses them to decrease inflammation, to build the brain, the eyes, the blood vessels. Basically, every single part of your body requires some amount of omega-3 to build the cell membranes. So very, very important. And you can get these primarily from um, in terms of supplements, which is what we're talking about today. Uh, in my previous episode, I talked about how to get it from diet. But when we're talking about the treatment of disease, so uh, you know you have an actual medical diagnosis, what is clear is that getting it from the diet in the doses required to see the effects that you want would be very, very difficult, if not impossible. Um, you'd be having to eat a lot of fish 
vegetarians would not or vegans would not be able to hit the targets that we're going to be talking about today. So in terms of the supplements that we're going to be talking about, and you know, once we're going through the research, you can consider a combination of supplements and dietary sources once you see the doses we're going to be talking about. Um, but in terms of supplements, you can get it from fish, from krill, and from algae. So um, fish and krill are animal sources. Uh, krill is becoming very popular because it's, you know, the idea is that it's more sustainable than getting it from fish, which are being heavily, you know, um, you know, fished in the oceans and things like that. So if you want to protect the fish population, you would be looking more at krill oil or algae. And basically what happens is that uh, EPA and DHA are made by microalgae. And the phytoplankton eat the algae, and then the krill and the fish eat the phyto, uh, phytoplankton. And krill are like little crustacean animals. They're very tiny. Most of the research um, that we're going to be covering today has been done on EPA and DHA derived from fish. And um, some separate research shows that they, the EPA and DHA from fish, algae, and krill oil supplements may be equivalent. So you could, you know, if you're into, if you want to use algae oil, just look at the amounts of EPA and DHA cited in the research and try to try to match that with the algae oil. And same thing for the krill oil. So we're going to be getting into, uh, um, you know, specific uh, disease conditions. And first, I want to say hi to Rosemary from Toronto. Thank you for showing up today. It's great having you here. And please feel free to ask your questions as they come up. Okay. Nice to see you, Rosemary. All right. So here we go. Omega-3 and cardiovascular disease. So can using omega-3s supplementation or high dose omega-3 prevent a first or subsequent heart attack in healthy or high-risk people? So this is a super controversial um, topic. The reason that it started to be studied in the realm of cardiovascular, again, cardiovascular disease is when you have problems with the arteries and especially the arteries feeding the heart or the arteries feeding the brain to the point where you get a heart attack or a stroke, for example. And the reason that the research started being done in this area was because, um, you know, there was some evidence in uh, rat models and some animal studies that omega-3s decrease triglycerides, which are a type of cholesterol that you would see on your blood work. And as once your triglycerides start to go high, that's very concerning. That means you have a problem with your health and you usually want to get it down to a healthy level. And so omega-3s, we're going to cover what dose you need to decrease it. Also, um, it, there was some evidence that it would decrease blood pressure, decrease clotting of platelets. So when platelets are like little, um, you know, cells in the body floating around in the blood, and when they get too sticky, they clot, they kind of clump together. And when they do that, they can start to narrow um, the arteries so that the blood flow, it's harder the blood to get through the arteries. Um, so that's not good. And, and so the effects of omega-3s were... Um, starting to be seen and, and very positive for that. They also have, omega-3s also have a proven anti-inflammatory effect. And it's fascinating actually, because what happens is when you eat omega-3s from your diet or supplements, that gets put into the membranes of your cells by your body. Inflammation through various different pathways, which I won't cover, but they have been 
proven uh, in science, which is very awesome. Um, also, uh, it tends to have an antiarrhythmic effect on the heart, so it tends to stabilize the heart rhythm, although interestingly, one of the side effects we're going to talk about to be aware of when you start to go higher dose is the potential for actually to cause arrhythmia like atrial fibrillation, but we're going to talk about whether or not that's a real concern. Uh, it also seems to improve the function of your arteries, the lining of your arteries called the endothelium, and the function of your autonomic nervous system, which is the system that controls your heart and other functions in the body, many, many functions in the body through the nerve. So there was some really, um, some real excitement in terms of what would happen if you were to supplement with omega-3, would you see you know, incredible benefits in this area? And I guess not surprisingly, the results have in different studies have been controversial in that some studies say, yes, this is very helpful, and other studies say no. And I'm going to go through exactly why there is the controversy and specifically um, what has been shown to be helpful and what has been shown to not be helpful. And I just also wanted to say hi to Donna from Saskatchewan. Hi, Donna. So nice to see you here today as well. Welcome and thank you for being here. Um, so I'm going to be basing my conversation on the benefits of omega-3 for cardiovascular disease and heart health, uh, as well as, you know, stroke brain health in that way, um, based on a very recent re study published in 2021, where they looked at, I mean, they tried to look at all of the studies that have been published to date, looking at the use of omega-3s for the prevention like your first preventing a first time heart attack or preventing a second time heart attack, as in you've had one already, and now you want to not get another one, right? Um, and what they found that overall, the studies that had positive results were using higher doses. So anywhere between one to four grams of omega-3 supplementation per day. And the studies that were using less than a gram per day didn't show uh, results. So uh, you know, that makes sense, right? It's a dose response. You need a high enough dose to see the effect you want, especially for something like preventing a heart attack, right? The other thing too is that some studies, when they looked at whether or not the person had already a good intake of omega-3 in their diet, for, for example, from eating fish, um, those people who are eating already a lot of fish didn't experience as much benefit as those who had very low fish intake, right? So the people who had lower omega-3 in their diet benefited more, had more benefits from taking omega-3 supplementation. And that also makes sense, which is funny because a lot of these really big trials actually did not analyze how much omega-3 intake people had. And the other thing you can look at is their omega-3 status in their blood, which there's a, actually a blood test you can do. And once you start using those you know, looking at the dietary uh, patterns and measuring the blood level, you start to see that, um, you know, within one study, you can have many participants and some participants will have less benefit than others because they're already eating a lot of omega-3. So um, that might account for why there was some controversy in the research. Basically, the research has to be done uh, in, a, in a different, maybe better way to differentiate the different effects. So here we go. I'm going to explain to you how this works. So there was a trial and all the most of these trials, they were such big trials, like thousands of people, you know, 15,000, 54,000 um, people. And so they have their own names. So this is called the vital trial. 
And this was in a population of healthy people. They had no known medical diagnosis in terms of, you know, they didn't have high triglycerides or diabetes or anything like that. These people were given vitamin D3, 2000 international units per day. And the omega-3 was one gram per day. And that's, they, they specify the EPA and DHA, which is important because um, EPA is in higher amounts in the, in like the body tissues, whereas DHA is higher amounts in the brain and the spinal cord, for example. So they had 460 milligrams of EPA and 380 milligrams of DHA a day. And that did decrease the risk of total heart attacks. It decreased the total heart attacks in the population over the 5.3 years median. So some people were enrolled in this for longer and some people for shorter, but the median duration of the study is 5.3 years. So, you know, you can see that for, for prevention of your first heart attack, you have to be on this for years to see. And they did see a significant reduction in total heart attacks. Other outcomes in the study were, were not positive, but what they noticed was that if they then looked at how many fish meals participants had per week, if people were eating less than one and a half um, meals of fish that included fish per week, and then they received the omega-3 supplementation, their reduction in heart attack risk was 40%. So can you imagine that, you know, reducing your risk of a heart attack by 40%? I mean, if you could bottle this and put it in a pill and sell it by big pharma, it would make millions of dollars, right? So um, very important to note. It also kind of indicates that eating more than 1.5 meals of fish per week might be beneficial, right? Because um, that, that's giving you more omega-3, so you don't need as much by supplementation. Um, and, you know, asking people how much fish they eat can be, you know, a bit tricky because what's the serving size and that kind of stuff. Um, and there is a blood test, actually, that you can purchase and do at home. You can purchase online. You're, you're, uh, if you're in Canada especially, you will not get this test through your family doctor. It, it's not a test that doctors order, um, but it is something you can order online and they ship it to your home and you, and you can get tested with a finger, like I, I believe it's a finger prick with the blood and then you, you smear the blood and you send it in. And it's called the omega-3 index. And that's for testing for blood levels of omega-3. And they've done research showing that if you have less than 4% omega-3 in your blood, you're, you're at increased risk of heart disease, um, heart attacks and stroke, cardiovascular heart disease. Um, and if you have more than 8%, you're at lower risk. And when they've done the study on Canadian populations, I forget the exact number, but it's like more than 80% of our population is under 8%. So most of us are not getting enough omega-3 in our diet. And most of us are at an increased risk um, for uh, conditions like uh, heart attacks. And by the way, cardiovascular disease, death from cardiovascular disease, the number one cause of death in women over the age of 50 and men as well. So this is not minor. So paying attention to your omega-3 intake is, I, I can't overstate the importance of this, okay? And if you can, um, sorry, if you can get the omega-3 index greater than 8%, that's a typo if you're watching this uh, on YouTube or on video, 
um, it reduces your risk of fatal cardiovascular heart disease. So fatal, like a death from a heart attack or stroke by around 35%. So this is pretty, pretty cool. And they've also shown that um, in order to get that omega-3 index greater than 8%, you have to have about one to two grams of omega-3 per day. You have to, if you're looking at, if you're like, well, I want to get this in my diet, right? You have to get about one to two grams per day. And if you eat two servings of four ounces of fish per week, you get 250 milligrams per day. So you'd have to times that by four, you know, at least four to eight, you know, so eight to 16 servings of four ounces of fish a day to get that one to two gram target if you're wanting to increase your omega-3. So that's a lot of fish, right? So I do eat a serving of fatty fish a day, low in mercury, which I've covered before, which kind. So again, look back in that episode. Um, so I'm getting about seven servings, right? Um, and so, you know, it is it is highlighting that sometimes the use of omega-3 supplementation is necessary, supplements, especially for people in high-risk individuals. So let's look at the research, looking at people who are at high risk for cardiovascular disease. So something that puts you at, at higher risk for having a heart attack or a stroke is having high triglycerides, high cholesterol on your blood work. So there's a very large study called the REDUCE-IT trial. And this population had high triglycerides and they were given four grams of EPA a day. So that's two grams twice a day supplementation from fish oil. And that did decrease the risk of cardiovascular disease death. So that decreases your risk of death. Okay. Another large trial called the ASCEND trial, A-S-C-E-N-D, and this population had diabetes, which also increases one's risk for a heart attack and stroke. They used one gram per day. So at the lower end range of that, you know, one, the other trial was four grams per day. This is a lower one gram per day. Again, 460 milligrams of EPA, 380 milligrams of DHA. And that caused a decrease in the uh, relative risk of death from cardiovascular, uh, from cardiac, cardiovascular heart disease, stroke, or other vascular causes by 18%. And the authors noted that there weren't many benefits in other things that they looked at, but the argument that um, scientists have had is that that's a pretty low dose when you're talking about people with diabetes, right? So again, you may need, they, perhaps if they had used a higher dose closer to the four grams per day, like the ASCEND trial, they would have gotten better results. But even at the one gram per day, they did see an 18% relative risk reduction of death from um, stroke, um, uh, heart attack, and other um, artery-related diseases. This is an interesting trial also using four grams per day called the Omega Remodel Trial. Previous heart attack. And the thing is, when you have a heart attack, there is damage to the heart tissue. And there's um, some scarring, there's inflammation. And what they found is that taking four grams of omega-3 per day for six months improved the damage to the heart and the inflammation as well in the, in the tissues. So that was really cool to see too. Now, the question that a lot of doctors uh, who look at these trials and, and you listening to this may have is that, um, what is the safety of using these super high doses of omega-3? 
Most doctors are pretty okay with their patients taking on one gram per day. They're a bit uncertain with two grams per day. In the three gram per day range, they're nervous and four grams per day, they're frankly scared. And that's because there has been some concern raised around the risk of atrial fibrillation and bleeding because you know, the nice thing about omega-3 fatty acids is that they clot, they um, decrease the clotting of platelets in your blood, but then the concern is, does that then increase your risk of bleeding easier? Um, and bleeding as in like having a, a, a hemorrhage in the brain, like a bleeding in the brain or bleeding in the tissues during surgery, you know, would it make you bleed more during surgery, that kind of thing. Uh, and atrial fibrillation, for those of you who have it, you know what I'm talking about, for those of you who don't, is when the heart starts to beat at a higher um, irregular rate. Okay, so it's like a very, very fast beating heart, a very uncomfortable thing. People will have surgery um, for it on the heart. Um, and it can be quite problematic for people who have it because it increases your risk of having clots in the heart and, and those sorts of things. So the nice thing to know, though, is that there's been a recent meta-analysis of 17 different studies. So um, researchers took um, 17 different studies and looked at the risk of atrial fibrillation, and they showed that at the lower doses, like less than three grams per day, there was actually not a significantly increased risk. But the risk was there at higher doses and with those who were at higher risk of AFib in the first place. So if you have a history of cardiovascular disease, like hypertension, um, and if you have high triglycerides, high cholesterol, yes, you do have a slightly higher risk of atrial fibrillation on. Um, on the when using omega threes, but even uh, in those who do have atrial fibrillation, the risk is very very low. So in studies, for example, if you look at the treatment, people who are treated with omega three, they might have a two point six five percent risk of AFib, but the placebo group, which are not being treated with um, omega three, had a one point nine four percent risk. So it's really less than one percent of the entire population of people being studied on omega-3s that will be affected with AFib um, more so than if they weren't taking the omega-3. So it's a very low risk. It's there and it's low. Then the question is, is there a risk of bleeding with surgery? I remember when I was a, a resident working on um, the surgical wards and patients would come in for their surgery, there was always the recommendation that they stop their omega-3 supplementation you know, one to two days before their surgery and not, not go back on it until a couple of days after the surgery. And the good news is that there's been a recent study also published, um, you know, as a systematic review of multiple studies showing that there is no increased risk of bleeding during surgery if you're taking omega-3s. Now, if you're taking the higher dose omega-3 or 4, that 3 to 4 grams per day, uh, I think it would be prudent to maybe go down to maybe 1 to 2 grams per day because um, this was done mostly on that kind of dosing. However, it's really um, reassuring to know that you do not need to stop your omega-3s for surgery and you can refer um, you know, your, your surgeon or your doctor to this study and you can give them the PubMed ID, which is the way that they can identify the study and they can find it online and that's 28552094. So that is good news. Now, let's say that you're an individual who has high cholesterol, high triglycerides, and your doctor's like, okay, um, I would really like your triglycerides to come down, and we can either use like, lifestyle, diet, supplementation, or medication like a statin drug. 
And let's say you're like, well, I want to, I want to use supplements as part of my treatment or, or a soul, you know, in addition to diet, using some supplements. Well, omega threes have been shown to help and you do need the higher doses. The studies show between 1.5 grams to four grams a day to see results. Same thing for omega threes and hypertension. So if you have high blood pressure and you want to decrease your blood pressure, you need to get you need to take about three grams per day of omega three to, to see results, and it won't happen right away. These studies are for around six months or longer, so you have to be in it for the long run. And I personally recommend that if you have high cholesterol and hypertension, that taking omega three uh, supplementations is not the only thing you do. It's part of it's one of the tools in your toolbox. The other uh, tool is diet, because if your triglycerides are high and your, your, your blood pressure is high, chances are that you're you know, living a lifestyle that is not supporting the health of your body and you have to really dial into the diet and the, and the lifestyle factors. So that's a whole other topic, but I just want you to know that um, at, le at least it's, been, it's really helpful to see that you can use omega-3 supplements. However, in order to see effects on your blood pressure, it needs to be in the higher, more like, you know, medicinal doses, not the kind of dose you would get from simply eating more fish because you'd just be overdosing on fish, I think. So you probably would be taking some, you know, eating fish and supplementing with omega-3s. Omega-3 in heart failure is interesting. There was actually a uh, trial called the GCHF trial, G-I-S-S-I-H-F trial, that showed that, again, the one gram, per, one gram per day dosing, it's always 460 milligrams of EPA and three, eight, 380 milligrams of DHA, it did decrease the risk of death and hospitalization in these individuals with heart failure. So that's uh, very interesting to know, and it is one of the potential treatment options recommended um, by um, associations uh, like American Heart Association, that kind of thing. Um, now, if you are, have a family history of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, or let's say that you're starting to have concerns with your memory, you're noticing your memory isn't that great anymore, or the, your ability to think through things, or other people, your family members are noticing it for you, that's um, that's the more common sign of Alzheimer's diseases other people notice and you don't notice. Um, there actually are some benefits seen with omega-3 supplementation. However, it's the benefits are highest uh, when the person is in it in the earlier phases of so mild problems with memory, mild problems with thinking. Now, I'm not saying that it's not beneficial to take omega-3 if you are, uh, if you or a loved one has has a more moderate to severe dementia or Alzheimer's, it's just that you're see significant improvements by then. The horse is out of the barn, so to speak, and it requires much more than a simple omega three supplementation to see, um, you know, a significant change. But in those early stages, it can be beneficial and potentially for prevention. Although that hasn't been proven, it's kind of like one of those. It makes sense. Because okay, the omega-3, especially DHA, is very important for the brain. Uh, and getting enough DHA into the brain is crucial for brain health. Um, and actually, research shows that most of us, around 80% or more of us, are not getting enough in our diet. That's very important to know. 
The doses used for um, effectiveness in this had to be higher than a gram per day. So the research, for example, was looking at 1,700 milligrams of DHA and 600 milligrams of EPA per day for six months. Um, that's just how long the research ran for, not to say you couldn't use it for longer. Um, all the way down to 800 milligrams DHA and 225 milligrams of EPA per day for three years. So just about one, one gram per day up to about 2.5 grams per day. Um, and I would be interested to see research on higher doses, like the three to four grams per day. I think that would be, um, you know, given what we've seen in, in the heart, uh, in the cardiovascular disease world, it would be worthwhile looking at that in the brain, in the brain health world. But for now, this is the research that we have to show that it can help in the mild cognitive impairment phase. Now, this is interesting because omega-3 has been studied in improving muscle mass, so muscle size and strength in elderly people. Elderly people, as we age, we lose a significant amount of muscle mass and strength as we age unless we do something about it to the point where if we don't do something about it, we lose about 50% of our strength by the age of 70. So it's really important, and, and that accounts for what's called frailty in the elderly. So one of the major causes of death, if you make it to the age of 70, is being frail. And, and you know, if you were to fall, you could um, break your hip, and that hip fracture would land you in the hospital. You'd lose more muscle mass. And, um, you know, the risk of death after being hospitalized for hip fracture uh, is about 50% after the first year of that fracture. So it's really important to maintain your muscle strength and muscle mass. And some of that natural loss of muscle mass with aging is thought to be due to um, age-related inflammation. So we naturally become more inflamed as we age. However, omega-3 um, supplements, omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. And the research shows that when you supplement, it actually reduces, it actually improves muscle mass and strength and performance in healthy elderly people. So the doses that were used in these studies were 1,500 milligrams of DHA and 1,860 milligrams of EPA for six months. So those are, that's pretty high dose. That's about three, you know, three grams per day. And expert opinion um, agrees that these doses of about three grams per day of DHA plus EPA or more with preferably at least 800 milligrams of that being EPA, because that's the kind that you tend to find more in the muscle, may be required for seeing positive effects on physical performance in older adults. And the research is interesting because um, some of the research was done with strength training, and then they gave one group the omega-3 and the other group not omega-3, and obviously both groups got stronger, but the omega-3 group got sh even stronger. They saw more benefits. But there was research showing that even just taking omega-3 at that higher dose increased muscle size and muscle strength and performance in terms of walking ability and walking speed. So that's fascinating, right? And, and worth considering uh, as you, you know, and as you age, what I mean by that is, you know, starting in your 40s and 50s is when we start to lose that muscle mass. Now, we also lose muscle when we get cancer. And that is in, in when you're not when you don't have cancer and you lose muscle with age, it's called sarcopenia. But when you lose it with cancer, it's called cachexia. And you kind of get people with cancer at their late stages are very, very skinny. 
Um, they're kind of shrunken and shriveled. They lose a lot of muscle mass. And they've seen that you know, supplementing with omega-3 can help with that. And the doses used were also around the three gram per day range. And that's 1,000 milligrams of DHA and 2,200 milligrams of EPA per day. That specific research done in this condition, which is very interesting. Now, what I really found fascinating is the use of omega-3 and conditions that were autoimmune or inflammatory. And there has been research showing the positive benefit in, in improving the symptoms of um, conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, psoriasis, lupus, multiple sclerosis, and migraine headaches. Again, why would this work? Because omega-3 has an anti-inflammatory effect in the body, as I mentioned at the beginning. I'm not going to go through all of these, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into rheumatoid arthritis. And at the higher doses, about three grams per day, it's been shown to be equivalent. You have to take it for three months. So to see the effects, it takes about three months for you to start seeing the effects, but it's been equivalent to very heavy-duty rheumatoid arthritis drugs like Humira, which are very strong medications, and yet the omega-3 were equivalent, the same effect as that strong Humira medication, but it took three months for it to take effect. So that's the key here, is that if you have to be patient and persistent and use those higher doses of around three grams per day, it improved tender joint count, it improved swollen joint count, it improved morning stiffness, and it improved physical function. That's huge, right? I mean, it's, that's quite impressive, actually. And the higher doses were needed. In rheumatoid arthritis specifically, the doses that really worked were um, taking into account your body weight. So they would say 54 milligrams per kilogram of, EP, uh, of body weight of EPA per day, and 36 milligrams per kilogram of body weight of DHA per day, okay? So um, you can, you know, you know, rewind this and do the calculation for yourself. The study that looked at the equivalence with Humero, though, was the three grams per day. So that is the higher dosing needed um, to get that equivalence. And again, it takes three months to see the effect, okay? Um, Omega-3 and arthritis. And the research has been mixed. So some studies showed improvement. Other studies did not. Um, and interestingly, there was one study done with krill oil, and that's four grams of krill oil per day. And inside that four grams, you would get 600 milligrams of EPA and 280 milligrams of DHA per day. Because not, not all of the oil in the krill oil is EPA and DHA. And what they found is that these people with osteoarthritis did get better pain control, improved pain, improved stiffness and improve physical function, which is really cool. Now, in the rheumatoid arthritis research, people needed less medication like um, anti-inflammatories for pain control. In osteoarthritis, in this specific study, they, they did not see that effect, but they did see an improvement in how the people felt, which is really important. Um, and when you think about omega-3 and other conditions that are, have related to inflammation, you have to think about skin conditions. Um, there's a lot of infl inflammation-related skin condi conditions, and the research also shows benefits in conditions like psoriasis, atopic dermatitis, acne, skin ulcers, and also, interestingly, a decreased incidence of skin cancer um, if you're paying attention to your omega-3 intake. So that's pretty awesome, too.
And what I found very fascinating is that omega-3s have been shown to be effective for decreasing the symptoms of depression in people with major depression. So this isn't in these, you know, this is, we're not talking about individuals who are slightly depressed and low mood. These are people diagnosed with major depression and taking omega-3 supplementation at doses of 1.2 grams to 2.2 grams per day improved major depression and to a lesser degree, people with bipolar depression. So that is uh, very, very good to know. There, it is interesting because there is a theory of brain inflammation being involved in depression. And so that could, this kind of supports that theory. Um, so when you take a look at all of this information in its entirety, and if you're watching me live, now's the time to put in your questions. If you have any in the comments, because there is a delay between you putting in your comment questions and me seeing it. So if I don't answer your questions, my apologies. It just means it didn't come in on time, but please start putting it in now if you have any. So here's, here's the take home message. When it comes to preventing uh, or, or treating, like more often we've been talking about treatment of a medical condition. So it's already, you, you already have enough inflammation in the body that now you've been diagnosed with a medical condition. So probably eating your, you know, eating more fish will not be enough. You know, you're looking at supplementation. The safety and effectiveness uh, is between one to three grams. When you get up to four grams, even though this, that there's been good effectiveness, there is some concern with an increased risk of atrial fibrillation. Um, however, that risk is still quite low. So, you know, if you want to stick to the research of four grams per day, you can, but really you have to talk to your doctor before starting any of this. You're going to start high dose omega-3 supplementation. Definitely let your doctor know so that, um, you know, everyone is on board uh, because this is higher dose than what you would normally get with just, you know, eating fish, you know, more regularly, for example. Okay. Um, so, and if you are wondering about, uh, you know, if you're a doctor, you might want to ask about fish consumption and consider having the omega-3 index tested or asking you yourself, the person, the patient, so to speak, you yourself could test that. And you can consider the higher, a higher dose, you know, in that three gram range, uh, if you have more severe disease. So if you're someone who has like very, you know, severe multiple sclerosis, severe Crohn's, severe atopic dermatitis or acne, you might be looking at that higher, you know, dose of three grams per day or so, especially if you're not someone who eats a lot of fish or maybe even any fish or, you know, less than two servings per week for sure. And if your omega-3 index is less than 8%, if you do get that tested. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that the FDA um, says that EPA and DHA are safe. However, they do not recommend having more than three grams per day. I don't know what that recommendation is based on, but that's what you find, um, you know, in their recommendations. And that ideally, no more than two grams of that per day is in supplements and the rest from diet, right? So uh, in order to get a gram per day in your diet, you would have to eat about uh, eight servings of uh, fish that are four ounces uh, in size per week. And that's, you know, go back to my previous episode to see what kind of fish I recommend, right? And you'd have to then take two grams per day in supplements of omega-3 supplements. And the two grams per day is of EPA and DHA. So you have to look at the bottle, look at the supplement, 
bottle and look at the total amount of EPA and DHA, add them up, right? Let's say there's 200 milligrams of DHA and 800 milligrams of EPA. That's one gram of EPA and DHA. So then you would need to take two capsules of that a day. Do you see what I'm saying? So um, you have to add up those numbers on the that you see on the bottle of the supplement that you're buying. Um, and you can choose if you want it to be fish oil or capsules or algae oil or capsules or krill oil or capsules, however it is. It's a very personal decision. Some people really don't like taking fish oil. The taste can be very nauseating for some people. Um, and so then they do the capsules. The good news is that there are um, there have been various analysis done of different supplements and the, the, the dosing is... Um, the level of things like mercury is not has not been detected in significant amounts, so it seems to be pretty safe from that perspective. But some supplements um, ha say they have X amount of EPA and DHA, and when they test them, they actually have less than that. So what I'm going to put in the show notes is a link to um, my Fullscript account, which if you haven't, if you have, if you sign up for free, for register for free using that link, you can go to my omega three protocol. Um, so look at the protocols and you look, uh, you know, look up the omega-3 protocol. And I've uh, indicated a few um, good quality supplements that you can either use as a shopping list and buy at your local store, which I highly support supporting, you know, local businesses, or you can purchase through Fullscript using that link, you know, just click on it, purchase it. Um, and just so you know, you do get a 10% discount on purchases and I get a small commission if you choose to purchase through Fullscript. Um, and if you order over $150, it's free shipping. So um, take a look at that. Let me know if you have any questions in the comments. Um, now, we do have a question from a Facebook user, which is, should the omega-3 supplement be taken with a meal, between meals, or on an empty stomach? That's a very good question. And my answer is that it should be taken with a meal um, because it is a nutrient that usually comes with food. And so the body will probably be better able to deal with it when it's digesting other food and all of those digestive processes are being, you know, uh, uh, like your gallbladder is being stimulated to secrete the bile acids, which break down the fat so that the fat can be absorbed. And that's more likely to happen when you're eating a meal. So personally, I would take it with a meal. Um, also, it can be very more nauseating to take on an empty stomach, um, especially if you're taking fish oil. So uh, if you want to improve the absorption, take it just before your meal. So you take the supplement and then you eat your meal. So I hope that answered your question. That was a very, very good um, question. Thank you for asking it. So I hope you found this useful. Please let me know in the comments if you have any more questions. I will, um, you know, I try to check frequently if it's been after the fact. If you're listening to this podcast as a podcast, it's hard to ask questions. You might need to go onto YouTube and look up that playlist, the Omega-3 playlist, so you can get a full picture of the story of omega-3 and i look forward to seeing you at the at the next wild wisdom show and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day evening or night depending on when you catch this bye thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast wild wisdom with dr patricia mills if you like this podcast please take the time to like and subscribe and please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly thank you and i hope you have a wonderful day evening or night
Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 